Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. At Red Barn, our pet food ingredients work overtime. They aren't just there for show. Dandelion greens work to maintain a healthy digestive system. Salmon oil works to enhance the immune system. Green-lipped mussels work to support joint health. These hard-working ingredients support your dog's active, healthy life. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Visit RedBarnInc.com to save a dollar on Red Barn grain-free canned food. Blog Talk Radio. There was a time I was so afraid So scared to do what I wanted In looking back I can see all the mistakes that I made And I wish that I Talk to me and tell me I can change. Don't be afraid. Just walk with your Welcome to Blog Talk Radio Safe Recovery. This is Monica Richardson, and I am your host. Today is December 16th, 2014. It is the last show that I'm going to do for this year, and we'll be back next year with lots of uh, good good shows. Uh, I decided to do this at last minute last night because there were people blogging about abstinence versus moderation, and then somebody said, what about abstinence and moderation? Um, the use, I guess, of those for them uh, using both, and they're talking about a lot of deprogramming. And today I am really multitasking here because I'm putting it up on Twitter, and um, let me see how this works. And my chat room was acting all weird again, and I was downloading the new version of the software, um, <laughs> you know, that software that enables you to see the chat, and I had just done the uh, Adobe Acrobat you know, download, I don't know, a month ago. And then it was telling me that I needed to do it again. But somehow, here I am. So hi out there. I can see people in the chat room. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. Uh, I, do, I, do, I think I'm going to take some calls. But it is really weird what's going on in there. Anyway, so I'm going to try fixing it later. And we're going to do the show this way. I got into another chat room. I'm able to see in this other one, thank God, um, and there we see some people in there, and there is Jason. Hi there, Jason. Hi, Tom. Hi, Gunther. And um, 
We have some other guests who uh, I can't see who they are. So here, here's the thing. Uh, you know, anyone who's coming from an AA background or 12-step background, you know, finds themselves here in all the, you know, the anti-A sites and a leaving AA site. Maybe some people who are leaving aren't even anti. I don't know. But here's the thing that um, oh, that was weird. It sounded like the thing just went away. I have a pile of books that I just I took a picture of and I uploaded it onto Twitter and uh, onto Facebook because these are the books that I read. And in the beginning, I want to talk about deprogramming and how I deprogrammed and uh, other people can share in the um, in the chat room. And I'm probably going to have Jason's going to call in and he's going to call in to 818-475-9211. I am going to do a one-hour show and I'm just going to you know, go on here. Now, one of the first things that I did is I talk to people on Stinkin' Thinking, which is a site that still exists. There's not a ton of activity there, but there's still some. So it started with blogging, and not just reading, but actually writing. And in the process of the writing, I realized that things would come out as I would write, that I would, you know, and I would fight with people there over what, that it wasn't a cult, and it wasn't a religion, and, you know, I just wanted to make it safer. There's all kinds of things I believed back in 2009, um, which now, you know, I believe it's, you know, a swaze, semi, it's definitely a religious, it's a religious, highly religious based by the courts have said that it is, and I agree with that, and um, whether or not I agreed with that, it still is deemed highly religious in the courts with over 497 references to God in the first 164 pages of the big book. I think it's very, very cult-like. I think it's a cult. Um, I think it's a dangerous cult, and it's infested. The scarier thing that I know from this last year, especially from this last year, is how infested it is. And we got to find out last week when we had Barry Hazel and John Heller, his attorney on last week, just one more shocking thing that people who get, even after they've done their time, they get sent out and they get you know, pushed down the AA road. And I think it's disgusting. But anyway, I'm here to help those who are out there, let's see who is um, out there. I don't know if our friend from the UK is made it here or librarian made it here, but I kind of did it for the two of you. So here's, I did a bunch, I read a bunch of books and some I read parts of. So one of the first things that I read was Addiction Proof Your Child by Stanton Peel. And uh, this, I have, I have kids, they're now 24 and 20, and um, really one was, I think, seriously, harmfully affected by AA and the stupidity um, that I was indoctrinated into believing. So I actually read this book cover to cover, so it's called Addiction Proof Your Child. One of the things that I'd like to do is, on my site, uh, is get these pictures of these books on here with links that you can buy them, and you could see the pictures of the book and put it up there. Um, I was introduced to Rational Recovery uh, and, you know, got the books and they just didn't make any sense to me. Uh, they seemed very black and white. Um, I, I know the you know the whole thing about it's, uh, you know, you're going to kill that, that, that voice or whatever. Now, there's some, I actually quit smoking like that uh, a long time ago. And I actually stopped dating uh, an AA guy like that uh, who was, you know, a 13-stepper by using that type of thinking. Very hardcore, very hard lining. You know, it's like very all or nothing. To me, it's way too much like AA, though. Um, but I know that that Jack Trimpey has helped many people. So, you know, some people need that. I don't want to, you know, totally, you know, taboo, you know, whatever. But um, so I looked at it, and I really couldn't make sense of it. Um, 
let's see. The next book, next thing I did is I went to smart meetings. So I went to smart recovery, and I heard new language. And I think that, um, uh, you know, that new language, the cha- and you could hear if you listen to my old shows, I would highly recommend that if you want to deprogram, you can listen, and you can actually watch me deprogram. And maybe some of the shows where I interview other people, you know, including Jack Trimpey or Tom Horvath or Mark Kern or Adi Jaffe, uh, Dee Dee Stout. Oh, yeah, so that was – Dee Dee Stout was probably the, one of the first – I found out what harm reduction was. Dee Dee Stout was in AA and left, and she trains people up in Northern California now. And I found her by watching Penn & Teller on Stinkin' Thinkin'. And I read her book, actually, cover to cover. And um, so she was very, very helpful to me. Then the next book I read was from Amy Lee Coy, From Death Do I Part. And what I'll do is I'll talk about three or four books, and then we'll stop and just let's take people who are talking in the chat room, and we can see what they have to say. From Death Do I Part talks about somebody who uh, was dropped up at rehab at 13 and then spends 20 years in and out of rehabs and seeing psychiatrists and uh, goes to AA, a 12-step meetings, never likes it, but never really feels like she's a part of that world. And actually, Amy's become a really good friend of mine. And um, the forward is by Stanton Peel. And but it's a really good book. Uh, Amy's book has helped many people leave um, a lot about love and kindness, which is um, a very, very popular with uh, the Center for Motivation and Change. Um, if you're looking for a great therapist in Los Angeles, one is Emily Cavell. And uh, Jeff Foote um, trained her in New York, the Center for Motivation and Change. And um, they actually opened their first rehab, but they have lots of PhDs uh, in New York working. Um, one of the other books, I guess this was in the first year of the show, I met Hank Hayes. Uh, You've Been Lied To, The Untold Truth About Mainstream Alcohol Addiction Treatment Programs and the Secrets on How to Eliminate the Problem for Good. It's eliminating. So um, I had already kind of, well, I did plenty of, I don't know, he has like a program in the back, but it really tears up AA in the front and, you know, all the lies. And it was just very validating that someone had actually wrote a book that was, you know, this kind of hard hitting. And, of course, that was before The Sober Truth. And The Sober Truth is a fantastic book. If you need to be um, validated, this is by Lance Dodies, and Lance Dodies has written a couple of other books if you need help um, with a problem, which I certainly no longer had. So it's interesting that you have a bunch of different people coming to the plates in lots of different positions. You know, everybody's not in the same place. I hadn't had a drink for over 37 years. And um, when I left AA, you know, I, I didn't even think about it. I didn't want to um, have imbibe or have anything. And... Um, I'm going to come back to have some other really, really good books here that have um, really helped me. But let's see what people are saying in the chat room. Um, basically, oh, oh, Adnes is here. Oh, my God. I'm so glad you are here uh, because I love what you write. Um, and I really appreciate your blogging uh, and the things that you say. So I hope that you can hear me, everybody out there in Chatland. Um, let's see, RR made sense, now Tom said this, um, Rational Recovery made good sense to me with the two-part program, but the main part I like is I will never go to a meeting again. Okay, oh, there, Girl Scout is here. Yay, Girl Scout. So uh, I think that it does matter. I think it matters what you think in your head. I think if you're filled with 20 years of AA, 
that it's going to take you, and you know, I don't want to say a time. They say, oh, it's going to take a year. I don't know why it's going to take a year. Maybe it's not going to take a year. Uh, For me, 14 months or something like that, uh, having left, I looked at things and said, oh, I'm not in AA anymore, you know, and um, I could actually taste that beverage if I want. And that's really all. I just, I wonder what that would taste like after 37 years. There was no like, oh, I want to get drunk and, oh, uh, you know, I'm going to drink again. In fact, I hated a lot of the words uh, drinking. The word drinking to me uh, was a stepper word. It's not a stepper word, but... Are you drinking? Like if people would say, actually, nobody said that to me. <laughs> and, um, you know, we'd say, well, I don't do that anymore. What do you don't do anymore? I don't do that AA thing anymore, you know? I mean, uh, I think that everybody here, people who've been blogging about it on my blog, by the way, if you're listening here, leavingaa.com, we have a thread called Abstinence Versus Moderation. For some people, they spent years trying to attain the goal of abstinence, where I easily attained the goal of absence because I wanted to not drink anymore before I went to AA, which sounds completely crazy, but it isn't. I was really young. I wanted to hang around with other sober people, young people, and got really sucked in not knowing that it was such a cult and such a mind fuck, which it really is. It's like, oh, take what you like and leave the rest. But then seven months into it, they're like, oh, if you don't get that first half of the first step, you can't get the rest of the program. And I'm like, really? I don't, like, wow, like, who made that shit up? But yet I got sucked in anyway. So, you know, it's kind of bad stuff. Um, I think um, it's nice to see you guys here. I think that it was some way that we could have chat more often. I just don't know if I could do it now. Um, yes, I think that the program Girl Scout is saying, hi, I understand how deep the programming goes. Yes, it does. How deep does it go? You know, I mean, you're really... Uh, super intelligent. I love your writing. You're a great writer. Uh, I think you're a professional, uh, you know, a highly trained professional as well. So, you know, how deep? And and one of the first things that when I interviewed Hank was about the language. And people who become really good salespeople, people who become really successful in lives get trained in self-talk. And, you know, I did lots of other training throughout the year when I, you know, got my real estate license, when I I got another license, and I got one in Hawaii, I got one here. And when you do any kind of sales training, you are taught new self-talk. So, you know, then you have good therapy, and oh, my God. Okay, <laughs> she said, um, he saved my bacon today. I underestimated how deep the program was. She did AANA, ACOA, CODA, OA, the gray sheet, on on. Oh, my God. That's like... It's pretty deep. Um, so, yes, I did AA and Al-Anon, and I went to others and didn't like them. And I went to BDA, which was business owners of DA. Uh, but it was actually a very positive group, although I heard it, it took a real dive for um, being very, you can only have 12-step literature here now. Which brings me to um, the books that I, I found through that really, really helped me uh, one of them was called Feng Shui of Abundance by Susan Hilton, S-U-Z-A-N, Hilton. The Feng Shui of Abundance, great paperback. Uh, I think I paid $11 for it back in the early 2000s. A fabulous book, Changing Attitudes About Money. And new language, a lot of new language around abundance and money. Um, the Truth About Alcohol, About Addiction and Recovery by Stanton Peel and Archie Brodsky. 
this was a book that I think uh, Gunther had turned me on to, or there were certain books that um, he had told me about, and so I began to buy these books and skim them and probably uh, didn't read this one cover to cover, but I... You know, I would read chapters and open it up and read it, and um, it was really helpful. Uh, yeah, so Girl Scout says here, um, refuse to go to SLA. Yeah, I'm glad you did. That's, like, really crazy. Um, another person wrote, I did several, too. I went to A-N-A-A-O-A-M-A-O in a creepy Buddhist group that had no name. Oh, my God. <laughs> what I need is anonymous, anonymous. Um you know, uh, so back to deprogramming with the wording um, and then doing these shows. Uh, I had my blog. The shows really helped me deprogram myself. Um, and then as I created Leaving AA in the fall of 2011 when Stinkin' Thinking went down for a little while, I uh, the, the bloggers, we began to write in a different way, and I heard people's stories. Of course, I was in, beginning to make the film, so people would tell me their stories. And, you know, I was horrified that, by them, but it wasn't until the third year of, it, maybe the second year into it, when I started to tear up the literature. And in tearing up the literature, there were really actually some very good shows that I did with Gunther. Uh, he called in. Uh, he called in, and, you know, we did Chapter 5. I mean, I think I went through the first 164 pages, you know, of the the parts that, you know, like maybe we agnostics, and I don't think I did the whole book because that would be, like, so boring. But I did the chapters where you get read from all the time, and I tore up the 12 and 12. And it was then that I began to see how religious it was and how religious it is, and how fucking so full of shit it is. Like, and I pulled some of these one-liners, and they are in the film. You can you can see them up on YouTube. I think I put the one on is you know AA is religious, uh, and there's some of these sayings where it says you know if you don't do this you will die. like if you don't if you're not rid of your selfishness you'll die. I mean. I, what the fuck? Like, what kind of bullshit is that? Like, that's nuts. But if you sit in a meeting and once a week, that's 52 a year, twice a week, that's 104 a year, and then you do 104 a year times 20, so 104 times 20 would be, what, a thousand times you've heard this read? So I guess we all learned that you only need to hear something, you know, 21 times or, um, you know, 30 times and your mind begins to believe it. So the preamble, oh, yeah, I tore up the preamble. I tore up the 12 traditions. So in doing, while I did it, it helped me deprogram. And then I kind of made a real conscious effort to not use their language and find new wording. In fact, I feel like when I use the word, um, you know, alcohol and drug overuse issues, I refuse, if it's alcohol dependency, um, to not use the wording that... uh, is used by our culture, that is used by AA. Um, Let's see what a blogger wrote. Uh, uh, Let's see. There is an anonymous anonymous for people who are addicted to 12-step programs. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yes. And so uh, RCT1 said um, about it. Oh, that's right. Oh, but it's a selfish program, right? It's a selfish program. 
if, if you're selfish, if you don't get rid of selfishness, that's this is what you're saying, right, Jason? If you don't get rid of your selfishness, which if you're listening, this is what it says in the book, that you will die. But then they tell you, but it's a selfish program. So that's what AA is filled with, with double entendres and one side of the mouth saying one thing and another out of the other mouth. So the process being for some, you leave some people very, very clear about, and I think we blogged on this on recovering from recovery, recovering from recovery last year before he took that site down the very first time. And I began, or somebody, I don't know, began a thread about it, and we talked about not being absent anymore. And it became a really good thread, and then somebody called Anon started blogging on my site, and somebody suggested, you know, why don't you have a whole thread about that? It seems like there's a lot of activity, and it was a good suggestion, so I did it, and it became a very active thread. And I really respect the difference between me, who drank for, I don't know, like four years, to somebody who started drinking as an adult who drank badly for 20 years, and then stopped. So their goal is to stop, compared to somebody who was a teenager who just was growing out of it, even though I may have been using alcohol to medicate or whatever I was, you know, myself. Um, let's get a sip of water here. And um, to those those two types of people are very, very different. Me, compared to even, say, you know, a Mike who runs that blog, um, probably never wants to drink again, and, and that would be really great. But like Jason and I was introduced to AA at at age 20, um, maybe not such a good idea. And, um, you know, I know, Jason, you're going to call in, right, Um, 818-475-9211. You can let me know in this chat room because I have to go back and forth to different templates. Uh, We'll talk a little bit more and then call in maybe like in five minutes Um, or ten minutes. Whatever, five five minutes is fine. that the difference is that there's a difference that I drank only for three or four years, that I was a teenager acting out, and then I didn't want to drink for all those years. But when I left, I realized I was in a cult. And then I, what really happened uh, is that I realized I was not in either world. And then I felt really alone. I felt like, um, wow, somebody just wrote here, my story is close to your story. I was a month shy of 20 the first time I got clean. Wow. And so how long um, did you stay again? I can't remember on this if you want to write that. If anyone else wants to call in that's in the chat room, go ahead and we could take more than one person uh, to call in. And if you don't want to because you want to just remain private, you don't want people to hear your voice, I totally understand that. But if there is anybody else besides Jason who wants to talk, um, you let me know. Okay, yeah, Jason, I'll let you know when you should call. Um, uh, so it's kind of like I didn't fit in either world. I didn't feel like I felt was, I was part of normal life, and I certainly was not a part of AA, did not want to p- be a part of AA anymore. And yet when I went out, I, I was like, oh, wow, like I'm, who the fuck am I? And it was a really, that was, you know, those moments where parties we went to for years were nothing. I really started to notice that I felt like there was something wrong. And um, and I just kind of lived with it. And then it kind of, after a year, it kind of passed. And then I would, like, notice things. And, oh, that's a pretty bottle. And that's a pretty drink. And what's that like? And what does that taste like? And, oh, that looks like a lovely glass of wine. And, what, and do you want to sip? No, no, I don't want to sip yet. And I went through this. Uh, with 
bunch of different people as I was interacting more with normal, regular people in society. And then eventually one day I was at a party where there was something in there. So um, let's see, same story here. Oh, my God, Oddness. Well, that's pretty cool. I'm glad you found the blog, and I really uh, enjoy reading your post. Actually, everybody's post. That's regular there. Now, Girl Scout says here that the stage I'm at now, who am I? Is there anything wrong with me? Am I okay out here? Mm, a lot of self-doubt. Um, so not who am I, but you know, I knew who I was in other ways completely. But as far as alcohol... Then it was like, I'm not, I was never an alcoholic. What the fuck did I call myself an alcoholic because that's what you had to do when you were in AA? Oh, I'm an alcoholic. I was actually told I was, you know, teachers and stuff because they, in the 70s, everybody, they wanted everybody. Like, there are things in that movie where Sarah T, uh, I'm a teenage alcoholic, it said, this alcoholic behavior. It's like, really? That's how that poor, uh, that woman, the stand-up comic, Tina, her story is really, uh, I think it's heartbreaking. If you haven't listened to Tina Dupree on NPR, This American Life um, was sent to AA through foster care at 13 and, uh, and, and, and becomes a circuit speaker and then realizes that she was never an alcoholic. And it's very much, that's my story. I would say uh, I was never. Um, let's see. Um, at first, I'm just reading some of the ch- people in chat room that's the stage I'm at now. Me too. Unqualified a counselor told. Wow, an unqualified counselor told a professional to go to AA. That, I mean, this is the part where it just has to stop. I think once the film comes out, I've been writing literature and pamphlets, and I've handed them out locally. But um, and I think I've sent them to some people. But um, you know, people need to be able to I think hand out literature to people, and. Um, I don't know. I mean, let's see. What is to so Girl Scout? She knew nothing about addiction by her own admission. Yeah. Okay. And then Jason said, "I was taught I have a disease by a stepper counselor that my mind was pickled forever." That's so nuts. Yeah, I interviewed um, a neurosurgeon who said that's not true. Now you could be, you know, if you're drinking hardcore every day, hard liquor from you know morning, noon, and night for thirty years, then yeah, you can tell, you can see it in the brain or. You know, even, I don't know how many years. But if you're an adult and you're drinking heavy, hard alcohol all day long and every day, uh, that they can see it, he said, in the brain. But if you're a young person um, who's just binge drinking for a few years, hey, there's somebody else, Rainbow's Garden. Hi, Rainbow. Um, Okay, well, as soon as I get it approved by my lawyer, he's got to approve it, um, then uh, I'm going to give you that literature. So back to, you know, people's experiences. Uh, I w- I'm going to ask this in the chat room. How many people um, left AA and want to be abstinent and are still abstinent? How many um, are drinking moderately and it's going fine? And I know a couple who um, have been, you know, testing the waters and it was fine and then they felt, you know, feel that it's not fine. So I want to say to you, what are the things in your head that, when you, uh, so, you know, there's like, I don't know, here's the other thing I wanted to say. I went to smart meetings when I didn't need them. I went to moderation meetings because I didn't need, and I didn't need them. 
But because I was making the film, because I was so adamant about finding out that there was something else, that there was an alternative, even though it's one MM meeting a week, and I don't mean marijuana's whatever, I mean moderation management. There's only a handful of secular organization for sobriety meetings. There's only 10 smart recovery meetings a week in the city. But I went to them to say, no, there is something else. There's something else that's really fucking different than AA. And in fact, when I sat in those other meetings, I felt so sane and it felt so refreshing and it felt so lovely. I got to tell you, except for the times I went to Smart and I talked, I was kind of going through my my angst and my hate of AA. And they were like, oh, we don't to talk about that. And I was like, you're like, fuck you. Uh, whatever. I didn't say fuck you. But um, so I think that if you can go to other things, if you can read the other stuff, read it. Uh, that all of it helped me. All of it, but some of it I did naturally. And I got to tell you, okay, here's my favorite book from moderation. Her name is Donna Cornett, and she's written, I think, four books. She wrote Moderate Drinking My Way is her most recent one. These are nice, thin books. These are paperback books, and they're maybe 125 pages long. Seven Weeks to Safe Social Drinking, How to Effectively Moderate Your Alcohol Intake. Donna J. Cornett, Drink Link Moderation, is her website. And I've had her on twice and um, they're great books. And what I realized about her books is that I already do a lot of um, the stuff anyway that she suggests. Now, here's she wrote another book called Moderate Drinking Naturally, Herbs and Vitamins to Control Your Drinking. So linking um, sometimes health issues. And I know that Girl Scout, you have a lot of uh, information about thyroid condition when people um, – and, and actually, there's a pilot – who's contacted me too, who had a thyroid problem. And he was really lethargic. And I mean, actually, I had thyroid problem too. And But mine came on like really fast. And I really, I went to the doctor and we discovered it. And I take like a one-day medication for um, thyroid. Um, now, someone else, I want to put in here what a chat person said. I have had both experiences with psychiatrists. Um, the same guy that finally let me get off medications told me he would not go to 12-step programs because he knew it would lead him to hanging around known felons. Wow. Um, let's see. RCT said, I drink moderately on occasion now. And then a Girl Scout wrote, I have tried moderating but think maybe it's a bit soon and need deprogramming more. My goal is moderation. Yay! And then Oddness wrote, or 12-step is harmful to many. I drink to intoxication in a harm reduction way, and I love it, but it took a lot of time to get here. And um, so I think that way is funny and interesting. I mean, that's the way Ken Anderson is, which I'm just like, think that's like bizarre to me. Like, I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> but Rainbow says, three months ago, I bought a 12-pack of beer, drank one. They're in the garage. Two months ago, I bought a bottle of rum, had one pina colada. I don't even desire it, really. It's no big deal. Oh, that's so nice. Look at that. What the hell? Oh, my God. And then um, someone else wrote, I only drink to intoxicate in safe environment, planned, and I have a set limit. Ken and I virtually have the same system. You know, I think, I think Oddness, you're a guy. Are you a guy, Oddness? Uh, I think it's so interesting. Um, let's see. Girl Scout writes, I was admitted to treatment for spiritual bankruptcy bankruptcy at three years clean 
with huge anxiety, panic, and thoughts of doom and death. In fact, had rampant Graves' disease, an overactive thyroid. Wow. Oh, my God. Okay, yes, you are a, you are a man. Uh, I don't know if this is true, but I, I learned to have a glass of wine. And um, I don't I don't want to have something every day, though. Actually, I, in the beginning, it was a very, very slow process for me. And I really, I'm really glad. I really took my time. I was very slow. It felt really organic. It felt really natural. And somebody's like, oh, well, then you were never, you know, you were never an alcoholic. And I was like, so why were people trying to convince me of that? You know what I mean? Like, well, it's easy for you because you were never really one. Well, why why did people call me that as a teenager? You know, if that really is true. And I believe it's true that I um, I was never one. I was never even dependent. But, you know, everybody labeled everybody then, and they're still labeling people. Um, and we had terrible labeling with very, very young people all the way through into the 90s. And I think all the way. Oh, I'm an addict. Everybody's an addict. You know, no, everybody's not an addict. You know, drinking coffee... Uh, it doesn't make you a, an addict, you know. I think their culture is really, really weird. Um, <laughs> there's some really great stuff in here. People, what people are saying in the chat room, um, you're listening to Monica Richardson. This is Blog Talk Radio Safe Recovery. Oh, you know what? I have I have a favor to ask all of you. You do me a favor and go into iTunes and write me a review. If you like my show, if you hate my show, if you think it's okay, just go in there and write something. If you love it, say you love it. Give me a five star. Give me a four star. I have some really bad haters in there on iTunes. I have some people that wrote things about me way, way back. I've never really asked people to go there and do that. Like, go like my Facebook page. We're on Twitter at 13 Step. Go like Leaving AA page on Facebook. Find you know. I think we're finding each other on the internet um, on Facebook, which is great. But please, iTunes. Go into iTunes. And just give me a review. And then if you would follow me on Blog Talk Radio, if you like the show and listen, just say that I think there's a way you can say that you like it or that you follow it. It would be helpful. Um, because people, I mean, I guess, I, I in fact, I, I only sent a thing out right before the show started. So here we are talking about abstinence versus moderation. How long does it take to, oh, okay, Jason said you just subscribe. Okay, thank you. Uh, I don't know how long it takes, you know? I mean, for me, I still didn't want to drink anything except my tea and my coffee and my my herbal drinks. And, you know, what happened is I was like sick. If I drink another cup of tea, I'm going to, like, you know, shoot myself. If I, I felt like I'm joking. But it was like I'm really sick. of. I was sick of drinking only water, only sparkling water. I didn't. I was not a big juice drinker. I wasn't a big soda drinker. So what do you have left? And I wasn't a really big coffee drinker like I had loved cappuccino. So I was like really, really bored after 37 years with no alcohol. I was really bored and I was really curious. And what I discovered is that I'm a really, really natural, moderate drinker. And... Um, that if I've ever gotten to the point where I had too much right away, I don't like the feeling of going past the buzz that you get with just, I mean, in the beginning, I couldn't even drink one glass of wine. Not even a glass of wine. It was like enough. It was like, oh, my God, oh, yeah, you know. <laughs> but I enjoyed it. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beverage. It's not It's not a drug. I don't I don't drink when I'm upset. Like, I don't drink when... No, but there's so many things in, in Donna Cornette's books. She has, like, these rules of when you shouldn't, when people are drinking, and when you should. You know, it's like, I already did that naturally. Like, I'm upset, I go get a massage. 
you know, I'm upset, I'm going to talk to my husband. I'm upset, I'm really upset, I'm going to call a therapist. Um, I, need a go- I need to go for a walk. I need the fresh air. I need to go to the beach. I need to ride my bike. I need to go for a hike. I need to go for a foot rub. Um, I'd like to go sit by a fireplace in the Clover Hotel and have a glass of wine and with my husband and listen to live music. I mean, there's all kinds of beautiful, lovely things. And then, in the beginning, I have to tell you, be ready for those emotions to come up because I cried a lot because I would see people having fun and I would see young people gathered, 20s, 30-somethings, and of the fucking years that I missed in that stupid-ass cult, um, I was mad. But I would... When I was out and about and I would see people in downtown Culver City having fun with their friends or two women drinking some wine and eating a salad and laughing, I would get sad. I was not, I was over being mad. I was sad that I was in a cult and I was in a cult. Like, I made jokes. I was like, oh, I'm just learning about wine, you know. <laughs> like, people would be sitting next to Kevin and I, and I'd be like, I'm just learning about it. I was in a cult. <laughs> and, like, you know, this is L.A., so, you know, uh, people, um, but there's a lot of cults here. There's a lot of cults. Um, I think you can call in. Um, is this you in the chat room now? You want to call in, Jason? I think it's time we have you call in. Uh, let's see. I've already done it. I'm just going to read... Let's see. They tell us that we were never addicted because they have no counter-argument for those who used to drink, use active addictively, but no longer do, and appear happier than them. A perfect AA... Uh, how do you say that word, Girl Scout? Tautology? If you are okay without AA, you are not a real alcoholic. Um, okay, that is you. Um Let's see. I, somebody's saying, I agree with, with me here. I think that it is paramount importance if you get into circular drinking cycle, uh, do not drink to medicate. Right. Definitely uh, no drinking to medicate. I mean, if I'm upset, although, you know, let me bring Jason on. Hey, Jason. Hello. Can you hear me all right? I can. How are you? I'm good. It's good it's good to talk to you. It's been a long time. We haven't Skyped or anything. Yeah, we need to do that. Yeah, I've been really I was super busy, but now it's kind of, you know, winding down. The uh But I I have you on and I'd like you to talk about your experience. Okay. Um what I noticed was for me when I started trying to moderate was I had that self talk, that tape playing in my head telling me you have a disease from all the brainwashing mm-hmm. that I experienced in AA. And I noticed if I listened to it, it was a self-fulfilling prophecy mm-hmm. where, you know, I believed it. I believed it was true that I had a disease and that I couldn't stop. And sometimes I, you know, I did have some problems in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But I learned over time through deprogramming, I think that helped me. And uh, that it's... I I don't have a disease. I don't. I. It's not like I can't just have one or two and stop if I want. Mhm. I, I can totally do that. Mhm. And um. Yeah, I don't know any any other questions. Yeah. So when you said um in the beginning, how long? 
well, let me ask you this. So how long after leaving AA did you say, oh, screw this, I'm not one of them, and I'm going to try to moderate? How how long were you gone? It was about a year. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and so how long has it been now? How many years? Since I left AA, jeez. Uh, well, actually, see, I left AA for a while, about a year. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I went back to drinking when, after a year, and I finally, uh, when I went back to drinking, I went in full-fledged. You know, like, I said, screw it, I have it, I don't care if I have a disease, I'm not living sober, if I'm good, you know, I might as well drink. And I really got addicted to it. I was more alcohol drinking more alcoholically after I left AA than I had ever come close to being before. That's but isn't and, that what Ken Anderson did too? Yeah, I mean he said that really. So you kind of it was worse. It, it, that's interesting. And how long did that go on yeah, for? It only lasted uh, less than six months, I think. Uh huh. Not exactly sure. And then I ended up back in AA. I was uh, led back into the cult. Wow. Uh, because uh, I met someone who didn't know I was involved with AA prior. Mhm. And she got me to start coming. To AA again, and I went to young people meetings this time, mm-hmm. uh, and so I tried to get out and do some of the events, but everyone just seemed so dysfunctional and had so many problems, and I just really didn't care for it. And eventually, I, I went to uh, online chat rooms. You do those; you can go to online meetings. Yeah. And um, I was trying to uh, use that as to stay sober, but it wasn't really helping. <laughs> there was just mm-hmm. problems with that. And so, I don't know, It's kind of a, it was kind of a long road. It was like a long road out of hell, you know. Is it like because, eight years, um, I mean, from that point on? Because I know it's been a long time. I, I want to just say, I want to tell you this, because somebody complimented you. Mm-hmm. So, um, one of the chatters uh, likes your YouTubes a lot. And I want to tell people that Jason is in the film. Um, we, we drove up and interviewed Jason after he reached out to me and said he'd like to be in the movie and really added, um, people really like you. So I just want to let everybody know that you're you're in the film and you tell your story. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's really, um, yeah, it was really a nice piece that we added That's of, great. you know, yeah, just this, like, regular younger guy who <laughs> really harmed Fucking hey, like really harmed you yeah. in like you know in like a really weird but cult like, like way I, you know. I, I don't know if any some people might know my story a little bit. I went in to get help for mental health, and uh, you know I had been self medicating, uh, mainly smoking pot and a little bit of drinking. I wasn't even twenty one yet, so you know it's like if I could get alcohol. Mhm. And. I was basically told I have a disease. I have, like I wrote in the chat about how my mind was pickled, and I was horrified by this. It was just it was the worst thing I'd ever heard in my life, I think, right. up to that right, time. Right, right, right. And it just haunted me. And, oh, God. I, and so that's what got me into AA. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And... Eventually, I just learned, I think over time, not to listen to that voice. It wasn't true about not drinking. And, uh, oh, thank you, everyone that's saying 
my story is similar and identical. So, yeah. Can you see the chat room? Are you in front of a computer too? Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Um, Yeah, you know, there's... uh, So, Girl Scout, let's see. If you would say, what, what did it say... Like, I think everybody might have one, and I even had one. I really thought I was, like, deprogrammed completely. You know what I mean? Jason, when I had the first, this was it was a drink at a party that I didn't know was lemonade. I didn't know there was anything in it. And mine was, I was said, well, you know, uh, now that I took the sip, I'm going to drink this, you know, small little plastic cup until I feel something, which I did. And nothing, I said, I'm going to wait until I feel like that warm glow that they always fucking talked about in meetings, which I never experienced because I drank to get drunk as a teenager, and I kind of missed that. So, anyway, uh-huh. I said, I'm going to drink this and then stop and see how I feel. And I did, and it was, like, really nice. And I was like, oh, wow, this, uh, this is really nice, blah, 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 blah. But the next morning I woke up, and it was like... This is the one that had gotten really deep into my head. Was that, that remember that one where it said um, about uh, that it would kill like the spirit, you know, like it was like, uh, you know, um, the, the not the one about the sunlight of the spirit that that it would uh, drinking would didn't kill me, but I wouldn't die, but it would kill my spirit. You know what I mean? Spiritual death or something. Yeah, yeah. And I remember this young kid telling me this that I met in Denver when I was eighteen and a half. And he was like, you know, drink is to die. And I was like, what do you mean drink is? No, it's not. What the fuck are you talking about? He goes, no, it is, it is. And he was like, because he had killed his friend in a car accident. He was drunk and he killed his best oh. friend. And so this kid was traumatized and, you know, I, I didn't have any experience like that. But it was something in there like, am I like the same? You know, I look in the mirror and like, am I like still Monica? And, you know, it lasted like three days and then... I, it just went away, and I was like, oh, my God, that fucking bullshit was like there was just this one little left, you know, whatever. And when it was gone, it was gone. It never came back. And I am i don't—I didn't miss my time. I was glad the time was gone. I, I did it intentionally. I wanted to not have time, you know, in their mm-hmm. sense of the word. I would never use the word of oh, drinking. Like, even when you said it, like, I cringed. And you said, well, when you started drinking, I was like, no, Jason, don't say this. When I started to imbibe, like, I went to see Dr. Kern, and I talked with him, and I called him on the phone, and I was like, and he used all this different kind of language. He's got a great book called mm-hmm. Take Control Now by Mark Kern. Um, he has a program called um, Alternatives in L.A., but he is the president or the, the chair of Moderation Management, I think that um, he it, it's been alone, like he's been in a, like a four a forefather, I guess. You know what I mean of this whole movement. But these poor guys, these professionals, were really ostracized. You know, in uh, no, I right? look up to like Stanton Fuel and who's who are, there's some other ones, and I can't think of them. Kenneth Anderson and there's some you know people with doctorate degrees and. They, they're, you know, they're searching for the truth. And that it's not a disease, not. right? Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I don't have that. But what I believe is, you know, I don't have a doctorate degree, but what I, what I believe is, it's a learned behavior. You can, you, it's a pattern you learn to drink heavily because it's taught in our society. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to, we don't, we're not, we don't learn to drink moderately. You know, we learn to. Um, a lot of us, anyway, learn to um, drink heavily. And so what I do now is I don't even enjoy getting drunk. It's like I've taught myself 
I was self-taught to teach myself to mm-hmm. uh, learn how to drink uh, moderately. And and now it's just like, I don't, they say for guys, four or more beers, I can have maybe five, but I'll feel it. You know, I don't, I don't want to do that every day. I might do it once. Right. And uh, normally I, you know, I, I don't even want to do that much. Because I just, I like to get that glow, but I don't want to overdo it. I don't want to mm-hmm. go too far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah. that's what I'm kind of like naturally. Hey, is there anybody else in the chat room who'd like to call in? 818-475-9211. 818-475-9211. Let's just hold on. Let me read some of these, Jason, okay? So we have Michelle is here. Hi, Michelle. Um, joining late, here to say, join the cult at age 20. Look at all of us that, like, got there so young. This is so fucking awful. She partied heavy back then, normal for that age, believed everything the cult taught, and I left after decades of depression and demoralization. Um, Rainbow said, I did drugs as a coping mechanism to forget my childhood, to not feel. Juliet said, AA tries to make what normies do abnormal, counting drinks, keeping track, um, knowing when to stop. That's what it means to drink responsibly. Beer commercials say that. That's really, it's true. It's really true. I remember seeing um, Hole in the Soul. Oh, yeah. Actually, somebody says that in my film. They actually say that, Girl Scout. I I, I hired, I mean, I interviewed two pro-AA people in the film. Um... Rainbow says, AA drills it into you that you're totally dysfunctional and defective. What a mind fuck. Um, Michelle says, waited seven months after leaving before I tested the lie that I could never drink normally again. I do drink normally now. Can enjoy one beer and stop. Have three if I like. The last thing I wish to do is get drunk. Don't like that feeling at all. Yeah, that's me too. Um, Um... Michelle said, oh, if you could get your phone working, you would call in. All right, maybe another time. Um, Now, somebody said, I went too far this weekend, overconfidence, I think, as it has been good so far, and totally triggering all the AA programming, very scary. You know, I know somebody, a Girl Scout, not me, who, you know, would go over and then, but what I did learn from, and, you know, are you alone? You know, it's like you're you're single, right, Jason? And I'm asking Girl Scout if she is single. I've been fortunate to be with Kevin. You know what I mean? And so we constantly have, we can talk about it. Um, we can talk about how we feel when we're somewhere new, how, you know, it's just, we have each other. And, um, you know, I've known, you know, people where they'll go overboard and it's like, you say, well, you know, what'd you learn from it? You know, there's no stepper talk. It's like I learned from Smart Recovery. I've learned from Mark Kern uh, at Alternatives and, Jaffe, uh, new language, you know, completely new. Like if you were to, if, if I would get to talk to you, Girl Scout, or we would, we could Skype if you want to, that you would tell me. But you know, when someone doesn't say step or shit to you, well, you know, you better go back to a meeting. You know, would you know if somebody goes, oh, well, did it was anybody harmed? Like those were some of the tools that I learned was the language of well, you know, did the world stop? No. You know, did anybody yeah, die? Did, did you drink and drive? No. Did you do anything harmful to yourself or to another? No. Well, so, but, oh, but then the person would say, well, but I drank too much and I feel like shit today. Well, remember that next time, you know. Like, there's so many better ways to address things than, you know, oh, you've lost your time, you know, you've got to go back, you've got to start over. 
it's just nonsense. Yeah, it is. It's and I think it's very uh, when when you do that, it hurts your what? Uh, I guess it'd be your self-image and self-esteem and the confidence. You're just like you feel like worthless. Like my, I, I had a sponsor and he was like, "You got to raise your hand and let everyone know and be embarrassed because you'll remember that and that'll keep you sober, so you won't do it again." And it, it's just humiliating too, as well. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I I think so. I think we have someone else. We have a couple of people in the queue. Um, thank okay. you for calling in, Jason. And I'm going to put you back Are on you hold. Well? Okay. 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 All right. Thanks, Jason. We'll see you in uh, the chat room. Okay. Bye. Let's see who is it. Hi, you're online. Can I have your name? Hi, this is Gunther. Hi, Gunther. How you doing? Good. I'm calling because I owe you an apology, and I wanted to really do it as face-to-face as I can possibly get. Um, I was highly critical of you, and actions speak louder than words. You're really getting things done, and you really proved me wrong. So I wanted to just take a minute of your time and say I'm really sorry that was wrong of me, and uh, I wish I could go back and kind of erase that, but I can't. And that's all. Okay, I thank you so much, Gunther. I really appreciate it. I accept what you did. I saw it online, and I accepted it. But thank you so much for calling in and telling me that. I appreciate it, and all is forgiven. Okay, I'm going to hang up now. Thanks. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. Okay, we have some other people in queue. I'm going to see who's online. Hi, you're online. Who's calling? Michelle. Oh, hi, Michelle. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing all right. Thank you. I was having trouble with my phone, but, of course, this uh, topic's near and dear to my heart. And, uh, um, like you said, what I had put in the chat room, that, that honestly, I did return to normal drinking. But the uh, caveat is that I was very inexperienced, inexperienced from basically a lifetime of abstinence on how to work in drinking and driving. Mm-hmm. And so... I did, you know, I was at a bar drinking and thought that if I drank uh, one beer an hour, that after three hours I would be under the legal limit and okay to drive. And I felt perfectly okay to drive mm-hmm. and got followed out of a bar parking lot and uh, was pulled over within a block and a half from the bar for having my tires touch the white paint of the, at the stop bar which isn't really a lot a uh, uh, law, but nonetheless, I was over the legal limit here in Florida. And um, it just, and and you can imagine that the worst feeling is, is you know, my first thought is, oh, my God, now I've proved them all right, mm-hmm. you know, and, and yeah. I now have to go back to the cult and admit what a complete failure I am. And, and it's been a process because within all of this, I've been court-ordered back into the cult more or less. They're trying to open up room for giving us secular alternatives for our community support and what have you. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is, is that even since then, I I know that I drink normally. When mm-hmm. I talk, when I think of all the years and the people I knew in AA, there were so many people that I I couldn't even relate to the kind of drinking that they talked about, you know. And except for mm-hmm. back then when I was in college, you know, 25 years ago 
when we all drink to excess, and but as an adult, I, that's not even what I want to do. My relationship to alcohol is perfectly normal. I just didn't know. See, and now there are, that's what I love about um, uh, Kenneth's program, Kenneth Anderson's harm reduction program, is mm-hmm. because if people are going to make decisions to enjoy some alcohol, you you have to prepare for things like being on the road, not being on the road. Um, they even sell personal breathalyzers now, so yeah. so people can can do their own breathalyzer before they leave a place or know that they have to arrange for other transportation. Mhm, mhm. Well, I'm so glad you called and in. I'm going to put you on hold. There's two other people. I actually want to see if they want to make a oh, quick sorry. comment. Like, yep. I'm so glad. Here you go. There you go on hold. Thank you, Michelle. We'll talk again. Okay. Certainly. Okay. okay. All right. All right, here we have a caller in the queue. Hi, what's your name, please? You're live. Hi, it's Darlene. Hi, Darlene. How are you? Hi, I'm all right. Just um, saw I got a message in your blog, and I was like, what a good show. Um, Thank you, sweetie. There's so many topics we could go into. Mm -hmm. If I had a bad connection, it might hang up because I'm medically detained. Not for alcoholism, because I don't have that. No, um... Binge drinking, that's something that's really huge, mm-hmm. um, weighing on all our family right now. We lost my nephew, who was coursed into the program. We lost him out in Los Angeles, and a veteran, he got out without a day, and December 30th, he died. So I had a lot of, a lot of concerns, binge drinking, um, you know, it's a big thing with the program and the powerlessness. Right, right, when people leave. um and and yourself, uh, I know that you left and you're doing well. Yes, yes, very well. Um, just bad on right now. We're going through with getting treatments and the AA, how it's so involved with 12-step cancer groups. And it's a long story to go into right now on the show. Oh. But mm-hmm. um, So just it's bringing up a lot of, I know, a lot of deprogramming. It's almost just started it all over again. But I know that that's just probably, I'm under a lot of stress, but... For myself, um, I really hadn't drank in a while, but uh, past April I did have a drink with a good friend, and there was mm-hmm. none of those thoughts. I actually had a few glasses of wine, and um, you know, I was in a very peaceful place, but I didn't even really think about it. I didn't even, like, should I, shouldn't I? I was just like, wow, this sounds like a very relaxing moment, and right. no problems whatsoever. None of the binge thoughts, none of those things in your head that you're going to die or... Oh my gosh, what's going to happen? So I think mm-hmm. it's a frame of mind for some people of what you go. Once you, I would, don't recommend it for some people to you actually start the programming if you've been in the definitely cult. It's a cult, and you yeah, know, I stay you away from it. There's a fear for to even touch it, and that looks like what a difference, you know. Just after doing the work, reading the books that are actually that you posted up there, are really good books with helping with that. Right. Can you hold on a second? Hold on one moment. I'm going to put you on hold. Hi, caller. You're live. Can I have your name? Hi, Monica. It's Laura. Hi, Laura. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. I'm really sad because I'm hearing a lot of people who are in a lot of pain, and um, it pains me because I feel it, and I want people to know that there are professionals that are aware of the entrapment and the coercion and the horrible things that happen to people in in AA and that all they have to do really is find the right person and you know I mean some people know my my mother died because of AA and 
you know, um, more than more than wishing that I had had known what I know now mm-hmm. to help her, I wish that I had never, ever, ever introduced anyone to the 12 steps. And when I started to realize it, you know, I went to the same thing that everyone else goes through who was actually in the program. I got mm-hmm. really, really fucking angry. And by the way, um, Jason is absolutely right. It's the whole entire program is a self-fulfilling prophecy. And um, the the feelings, you know, the dreaded resentment and all of that, um, it's a normal feeling. Anger and resentment are normal feelings that keep you right. away from dangerous situations. And people need to be able to feel their feelings. Your feelings are facts when you're feeling them. And to be able to talk about them and communicate them with other people is a skill that we all have to learn. Babies are not born knowing how to communicate their feelings to others. Laura, I'm going to have to stop you because we have 24 seconds left, and I'm really, uh, I'm glad you called in. I'm sorry. I can hear how emotional you are. No, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Everybody for calling in uh, and doing this show with me today. Really been great, and I think maybe we can do more where people just call in and we chat. In the chat room, I'll be taking it two weeks off and come back in the new year. Uh, thank you, everybody. And remember, just deprogram, deprogram, read those other books, yeah. get online, go to other meetings, call 12-step, uh, non-12-step um, therapists that exist in droves. Laura is one. Dr. Kern is one. Um, like I said, Emily Cavell is in Los Angeles, the center. Anybody, you can call them up and just clear them. But you were awesome. I, I love you guys. You have uh, carried me through and made my, my shows interesting for me, being here with me as I deprogrammed myself. Uh, and I just want to thank you all again. I'm Monica Richardson, and this is Blog Talk Radio Safe Recovery. Have a very Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, a Happy uh, um, all the other holidays that get celebrated. <laughs> happy Hanukkah. Um, uh, and... Uh, uh, my love to all of you, and uh, we'll see you out on the blogs. Good night, everybody. Big news. The new Sprint LTE Plus network is faster than Verizon and AT&T based on analysis of a recent study by Nielsen. And to celebrate, we're inviting you to join Sprint for the biggest offer in U.S. wireless history. Switch to Sprint and save 50% on most Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile rates. Yep, you heard that right. No gimmicks, no tricks. You have Verizon 6 gigs for $60, 30 with Sprint. And if you have 15 gigs for $100 from AT&T, 50 with Sprint. Even if you have T-Mobile's 10 gigs for $80, we'll give it to you for 40 And we won't force you to watch video in low def. Oh, and one more thing. We'll even pay your switching fees up to $650 per line so you can switch to the Sprint LTE Plus network today. Visit a Sprint store at Sprint.com slash save 50%. Offer coverage not available everywhere for discounted phones. Excludes taxes, surcharges, roaming, and premium content. Subject to new line $36 activation fee. Credit valid for game plans may not be exact match. See website for eligible plans. Offer end 117-16-72-118. Exclusions and restrictions apply. Contract by order. Reward card requires online registration. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 